Hello, and welcome to the Ecclesia podcast, a place where we're going to share stories and conversations about what it looks like to pursue Jesus in a holistic, missional Christian community. My name is Jeremy Schrader, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Eric Wally. Uh, thanks again, uh, everyone who's tuned in last week and for tuning in this week. Uh, we were excited to get the podcast up and launched. Um, it's been a dream for a long time. And so to finally have something live on the internet that exists in real is great. Uh, we've received a lot of great feedback from you um, about that conversation between Chris and Sean. And if you missed that, you can check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube if you want to watch the whole thing. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage you to do that if you haven't done that already. This week, we're going to be taking a look at the rhythms of Ecclesia. So these rhythms maybe is something that you've heard if you've been around Ecclesia for a while, you've heard that phrase. And it's basically like, what are, what are, what are the six postures that we hold as a community that are almost like values? And how are those actually, how are those embodied? And so we get to hear from, uh, in, in a great conversation between Alexandra and Mike on our staff, on our downtown team, um, and they walk us through in a really meaningful way. And I, I hope it's an encouragement to you. I hope it is informative and it's a good time. And so without further ado, here is Mike and Alexander. Hi, Alexander. It's good to see you. So, we, uh, so we're in uh, this, this new uh, endeavor, this podcast series, kind of continuing the conversation that's started in, in recent weeks uh, on Sundays around this central question, this, who is... Ecclesia, what, what is guiding us as a community, what makes us uh, distinct in, in some ways. Uh, and so we've been asked to uh, explore uh, what we've come to call the, the rhythms mm-hmm. of, of Ecclesia, um, which are these, you know, I, I think that a lot of, um, you know, churches, uh, you, know, you, go, you go to a website and they have like this extensive kind of doctrinal statements. We do not have an extensive doctrinal <laughs> doctrinal statement. I think, to my knowledge, we have the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. um, and, and and instead we've we've said, you know, we don't want to be uh, known, you know, for these these uh, legalistic kind of uh, doctrinal like determinations. Like these are the things that that, that you have to follow to um, to kind of denote a sense of belonging, like. This is what you have to believe to to have a place here. Instead, we've you know we we've uh, come up with these uh, the, these core rhythms that that say this is the kind of community that we hope to embody. That this is what we uh, this is the fruit that we would hope is is being uh, born within the life of of the community. Yeah, I'm excited to get to talk about the rhythms because like that was one of the first things that stuck out to me when I um, first visited Ecclesia. Um, I was coming from a, just a a church community that I was like, well, when I go to the next place, I want to find some place that feels like the word hospitality. And so the first time that I walked in to Ecclesia, I was like, wow, I feel that word hospitality. And after the service, I got my car, I was like, what are they about? Let me look at the website. And I found the rhythms and I saw that one of them was be hospitable among the other total of six of them. And I was like, this is this is a community that feels like these words. And so I think what you're saying of like, this is something not like we're saying we believe this, this is our doctrine, but this is who we want to be in the world. And when people encounter our buildings, encounter the people of this community, like we want to be able to like feel these rhythms. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we honestly haven't done a, a, a great job historically of continuing to um, to rearticulate and, and reinforce. You, you mentioned it's kind of like hidden away on the yeah. <laughs> on the website. So it's something that we and this is part of it is, you know, uh, centering that back in into the uh, the conversation of who we, we want to be. And, and even uh, when we talk about the rhythm, like uh, something I was thinking about as as I was driving here today, like I think it uh, it denotes a sense of a, a cadence. Like there's mm-hmm. the, there's kind of a, a pace of life that we, we hope to live. And, you know, when you think about like when you have an irregular heartbeat or an irregular like breathing pattern, it's a sign that something is, is out of whack. It's misaligned. Mm-hmm. And so these are the... Uh, the the rhythms, these things that that become guiding principles of of if my my life is showing these things um, active, then it, 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 it I, I think it uh, I think it displays a certain amount of of health and centeredness and integration that that might be kind of scattered otherwise, or a sign if if these things are kind of lacking, like these these can be a, an invitation to kind of engage with a, a renewed. Um, thoughtfulness. Mm. Um, so, you know, f- so for folks that, that may not be even aware of the existence of the rhythms or actually what they are, and yeah. we're going to kind of go through um, each of these, these six and, and share some, some thoughts that we want, want to be a, a community um, that, that it lives by these rhythms of, of being real, mm-hmm. of being kind, being hospitable, uh, seeking God, seeking beauty and serving others. So those would be these, these six rhythms. Um, so I guess we can just, yeah, be real, get into it, be yeah. real. So what, what does that, what comes to mind for you when, uh, when we, we think of it in those terms? Uh, it like most pointedly comes out in the question like, Oh, how are you doing today? And I feel like a lot of the times the question and our, the response to that is, Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks. Like, I'm fine. How are you? Great. Good. That, that when we come into the doors here, like I know that when I ask that question, like I want to hear a real answer, and people are going to give me a real answer, like, I'm really exhausted, or this happened last night, or me saying, like, okay, let me pause and actually give you a real response. Um, that being real is acknowledging whatever stage of life that is, what what you're feeling in that moment, and then being okay with showing up regardless of what that is, of showing up as your whole self, not just the church self or the picture-perfect self, but the one that is a complex human being that has ups and downs in life. And when I encounter you today, like maybe you're not at a super high, maybe you're at a low, low, but that I think is a a cornerstone of this community that there's an authenticity of being real. Um, that is core to how we move and interact in the world. So what does it mean to you? Well, I I think you're exactly right. It can be so challenging, um, to enter, uh, a community and to, and to let our, our guard down mm. in that way, because we've become so culturally conditioned to adopt these various personas. Mm. And like persona literally comes from like the Latin of like mask. It's like this old like theater language and these masks that we would, w- would wear and, and all of us to, to some extent wear in, in order to, uh, t- to succeed or to be, perceived in a, uh, to be perceived in a certain way or to avoid being perceived in, in, in a certain way. And, and that can be really situationally specific of, of who do I have to be in this context, mm. um, in, in order to, to, I mean, ultimately it's kind of self-serving is to get what I, what I want out of this, uh, this encounter. But I, I think that 
you know, all, all of us have some experience of eventually like hitting a wall, like the, the longer we remain in that, that, that false, that, that place of persona, that projection of self, um, the more our, you know, you, you might call it a shadow side is kind of running the show. Mm. And we've, we've, uh, entered into a, a, a falseness that's, that, that, that I really think can only be, uh, dispelled by this acceptance that, that we're loved mm. full mm-hmm. stop that there, there's, <laughs> there's nothing I have to do to, uh, to earn it. There's nothing I can do to, uh, to lose it, that God loves me and, and that we can meet one another um, with that same sense of, of reality. It's like, I don't have it all together mm-hmm. and I've got all manner of questions and doubts and, and trials. And so when you ask me like, how, how's it going today? Like I, I can actually say, like, I'm really going through the ringer right now. And, and we can meet one another um, with, with a greater sense of compassion and empathy in that space. Yeah. I think, exactly what you're saying of like we are loved that um i think there are other christian contexts that i've been where you have to to earn god's love or to win god's love or to prove that you deserve it um but for me like i think it comes about being real comes down to the fact of why can we be real because god is love and we're god's beloved and that when god extends that to us we can extend that to ourselves and then we can extend our full self that is loved to other people and that love just flows in being authentic. I think that spills over into how we interact with each other and provide space for people to show up as themselves. Cause that's can be really hard to just to say, this is where I am in this particular moment and trust and hope that the other person is going to meet you with like, thank you. This is where I am in this moment. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue, I think, even mm. to this next rhythm of kindness yeah. to being kind, which I, I think in our uh, cultural moment where there is so much um, division and vitriol uh, and uh, ex- existing in opposition to, to, to one another, um, that, that is so much at a, a premium. Mm. Um, so when you... What is your connection to this this specific rhythm in terms of of kindness? You know, kind of coming out of of what we've already begun. Yes, I think like to me, I feel like it's most embodied being kind when in how we talk about and interact with the kids in our community. Um, I know that oftentimes, like we'll have kids crying in the back of church on Sunday, and whoever's preaching will stop and say, "You know what? That is a sound that we love. Like we love." our kids. And when we see them, like we get down on their level, we talk to them as whole beings and kindness and love. And, um, I think that is what encapsulates be kind to me is how we seek to care for our kids. And when we do that with our kids, we can then do that with each other. Um, but I think it's just choosing to show up in those moments of extending extra grace to people, extending extra amounts of, uh, space to just to say hey we might not see eye to eye but like the bottom line is like i'm gonna choose to be kind to you well and and it's good practice especially (laughs) with the kids because it's easier in some ways yeah than extending that kindness to uh fellow adults Mm -hmm. oftentimes you know with whom we uh we we may disagree i mean i i come back to um 
No, if we want to distill it down to its essence, it's Jesus and the, and the the great commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind, and love your your neighbor as yourself. And so it there there's a kindness that I think that we want to emphasize with this rhythm that that it's a a kindness that's not only extended outward; it's actually extended in, in inwardly as well. Mm-hmm. Like if we're not being kind to ourselves, we will inevitably fail to be mm-hmm. kind to. Um, to others, and so that's part of the the rhythm. It's like it, you know, it comes back to this uh, this visual of of breathing. You know, we we talk about self care, but it's not self care so that I can um, isolate and um, distance myself from from others or only seek my needs. It's actually self care for the sake mm-hmm. of of the kindness, the service, the hospitality that then I get to extend um, toward others. That that is a, a, a well that is very quickly exhausted mm. um, if there's, there's not both of those components in play. Um, yeah, I think just kind of a bit of this rhythm, but also maybe into the next one, is that um, we're in a, a community. We have three campuses. We're really diverse in those campuses, as well as who is in the room at any given time on one of those campuses. And I think to speak to your earlier point of the climate of our world and how I think a lot of things are really black and white and divisive, that we seek to be a community that holds the tension of bringing people into this place of, uh, of finding that what unity can look like, um, even if some people are grieving the same thing, other people are rejoicing, but how do we, when we see things from very different perspectives, how do we still show up? with each other in community and the center of that be kindness and how we treat each other. And you brought up a really important word there is, is that it's a choice. Mm. You know, I, I, I have the choice to extend, um, kindness and it's, you know, I, it is a, I think with all the rhythms have a sense of this, that it's decentering ourselves mm. in the narrative. Like I am not the center of the universe and every individual that I encounter today, I have I, I don't know the nature of of their story and their circumstance. Um, but if I believe what we say we believe, then I believe that that person is an image bearer mm. of of Christ, and I can choose kindness in that way. And I have to catch myself uh, of being prone to you know kind of going throughout the day and, and failing to regard others as such like there can be a a a default to a kind of anonymity and and a lack of engagement Mm -hmm. and i I think that that's just as corrosive in the long term as conflict Mm -hmm. is failing to you know truly just even lift my eyes to see um the the other image bearer right in in front of me and that's Mm -hmm. that's a reminder for me that it's that's a choice that gets to be played out you know not just one time but literally throughout the day in every encounter in every setting i think a way that we as a community seek to do that intentionally is by being hospitable Mm -hmm. and we do that a lot with like food and um welcoming people into our spaces what is being hospitable Mean to you. Yeah, I mean, you've already you know mentioned the the word a couple times. Uh, you know, creating spaciousness mm. like it's it's a it's a place of of welcome. And, and yes, we do that we you know really well around mm. meals, and it gets around you know talked uh, about often. But I think at its core, it's it's really about what it is to welcome 
the stranger because when we do that, they they cease to to be one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I love that that's that's a core part of our ethos. It's something I talk about with my my kids often is that you know that that they would be the ones that that include um, that that they would be the ones that um, extend that that welcome and ensure that no one is left out because that this has been the story of of God's people throughout history. You know, it, it comes back time and again. You like you were exiles once. You were strangers, and and if if accepting that reality, you know, w- will we lose the sense of that, that exile and having been, mm-hmm. um, othered and denied, um, because now we're in a place of, of comfort and control or, or, or all the more are we then called to, to be a people of, mm-hmm. of, uh, radical welcome. Yeah. I, and I think especially coming out of the last few years with COVID, I know, uh, my husband and I, Lucas, we, at the, before we knew COVID was going to happen, we're like, oh, our goal this year is to invite people into our home and to practice this hospitality. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, there goes that goal for this year. Um, but what, looking at what hospitality can be in terms of inviting people into a space and also stepping into other people's space and kind of stepping out of that comfort zone to share, like Houston is, has so much food from all over the world. And there's so many little pockets of culture and community all throughout our city that we can find ways to share a meal with people. And to, um, I think Chris says this often, is that it's really hard to hate people that you share good food with. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to being kind, but also finding this, what is something that we can share together? We're all human. We all need to eat food. Like this is something that we can do to get to know each other, to hear each other's stories. And in the process of eating together, hearing stories, that that is where community starts to form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know that, that Lauren and I and, and my family, we just moved into a, a new home and, and we're in the middle of doing, you know, quite a bit of work. And so there's, you know, naked concrete slab everywhere. <laughs> I spent this morning, um, you know, doing some pretty hefty work with a crowbar and knocking out like a, a built-in because we're you know, we've got some flooring that's going to be going in and 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 I have to remind myself that that this isn't these aren't just about cosmetic improvements like this is about what you know Lauren and I really hope for for this home and 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 what you know we hope for all of our our community that that we have these and and it extends to our building like mm-hmm. this we don't believe that this this building is meant to just be um used on a sunday morning but it is a gift from from god and if so uh then it is, there is an invitation 7 days a week to mm-hmm. to create a sense of of welcome of belonging of 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 peace and serenity and respite um that can be a blessing mm-hmm. to to others especially those um who have you know for 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 so long uh, and so acutely felt uh, displaced and and marginalized mm. yeah i think that's it's just a a beautiful way to posture ourselves in the community because we're three different contexts in the city of Houston, but each of those can welcome different parts of this city as a place of finding connection and community in a building that can be used throughout the whole week. It's funny that you use the word posture because like, I think these first three rhythms are this like B, 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 
this sense of like this this is something that's uh, that we want in our heart that then is extending um, toward others and and the the third these other rhythms have a more kind of active mm. component to them so let's kind of shift to um, to this this next one seeking beauty mm. um, which in some ways sounds like the most like simplistic of of the the six mm. in some ways um, but I'm I'm curious if there are particular ways that that has has uh, is being lived out in your, at, at this point in your journey? And what does that, that look like, that rhythm? Yeah, when I, I think of Seeking Beauty, what first comes to mind is like creation and being out in nature. Um, I think Seeking Beauty is uh, noticing that, or being really intentional about noticing things. Because life can go by really fast. Um, and we talked about like, being really fast, but also like withdrawing and being isolated that in both of those spaces, I think it's hard to notice what's beautiful. Um, and so for me, I think seeking beauty, I find it most when I can slow down. And for me, that's in nature and seeing that God shows up in creation all around us. So I love if you're familiar with East, uh, the Eastern glades in Houston, that's a really beautiful spot that I love to walk around because there's just like all of the busyness and cars just kind of go away. Um, and it's a place to just notice like, oh, birds are here. There are frogs. There are butterflies that are flying around. There are little lizards crawling all over the place. And there are trees that are trying to change color, except Houston doesn't really have a fall season. But there's just all of these different moving parts that in all of that, there's an opportunity to say like, wow, this is beautiful. And I'm stopping to actually notice and spend time noticing that there is beauty here. Yeah. Um, and, and people that say that there, there is not, there are not beautiful places in Houston, I think are not trying hard enough. They are small and little tucked away. Yes. <laughs> you have to do some work to get to, you know, and find them. But once you do, um, they are uh, truly a gift. And, and you know, I, I think for me that, that extends, I mean, certainly, you know, like, you know, I'm a, like a bird watcher. So mm -hmm. we're right in the middle of, um, fall migration right now. So I'll, I'll be spending some time outdoors in the, in the coming days. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, there, the ways that we celebrate the, the arts in this community mm -hmm. and, and we have our, our gallery walls that, that rotate and we have the, the ways that we engage in the, um, seasons of the liturgical calendar and, and, and the ways that, you know, we'll, we'll have that coming up in, in Advent with prologue, just like we do in, you know, throughout Holy Week in, in different ways of how we narrativize the, the Good Friday story. Um, but, you know, I, I find so much beauty in, in, and this is, I guess, coming from some of my background in the theater of, of what, uh, the, the, this work of collaborative storytelling and what, what it, what happens when uh, a lot of differently talented um, artists and, and technicians and, and visionaries and performers all come together um, for the sake of, of telling a story. You know, it's, it's no secret that I, I love um, movies, uh, you know, above all. And, you know, I come back to that, the Roger Ebert uh, quote, the, the um, great departed film critic that, you know, says that movies are a, a machine that generates empathy mm -hmm. specifically because it invites you into all of these, these, uh, these narratives and, and stories and places and voices, um, that, that I wouldn't have access to mm. otherwise. And I, I find so much beauty in that because I, I, 
you know, going, going back to that like decentering piece, I think it puts, it puts me in my proper perspective of, of humility that I, that our, our relative smallness, I think about the, uh, like the images from the, the telescope, the, the web, I think the telescope right over the summer, um, these incredible images from, you know, these vast unseen galaxies. Mm-hmm. And, and in that place, I, I, I think I'm brought into a place of, of awe, mm-hmm. um, that in the, the expanse of, of the universe, there, there is this awe that, that, that comes with the fact that, that God made this place mm-hmm. and these people and, um, these great foods that we get to share and these places that we get to, uh, enjoy and all of these, these things that I, I believe on, on their deepest level are these gifts meant mm-hmm. for us to, to discover and mm-hmm. to, to cherish and, and not just to cherish and hoard, but to, to share, to say, look at this. This is amazing that mm-hmm. we get to, um, par- partake in this level of, of beauty at all levels of our kind of sensory experience of humanity. Mm-hmm. I know we're supposed to keep this short. Sorry. <laughs> going really long. Yeah, but you, you're talking about awe and um, just like you talked about kind of beauty and diversity is what I heard a little mm-hmm. bit. And we talk about kind of the importance of diversity of voices at Ecclesia. Um, and I think that's really important as we move to this next rhythm of seeking God. Like what are, what are all of there's no one particular way that we say, this is how you seek God. Um, mm. So what, what does seeking God look like to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really loaded because you know, what we're not saying is like, you know, we, we want people to just read the Bible more. Like, obviously, I think that that would be an encouragement and, mm. and we want people to engage in, in Scripture. And, and, and we've said often, even in, you know, in, in these recent weeks, this reminder that, it, that it's not uh, this textbook of facts to be remembered so that it can be regurgitated or, or used as a weapon against others. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's an invitation into relationship. And so we have this, um, this dense and diverse library of these different genres mm-hmm. from, you know, Hebrew poetry and, and Genesis and, and these various, you know, histories and, uh, and letters and prayers of, of uh, rejoicing and, and worship, but also prayers of of lament mm-hmm. and despair. We have love songs. We have you know uh, societal critique and uh, rebuke mm-hmm. in a lot of the, the work of the, of the prophets. But I, I think it you know even in the Psalms themselves, I, I think that what we what we see throughout the scriptures is that the the entire spectrum of our our human experience are are shared within these pages mm-hmm. and and these uh, and, and these these chapters in these books and 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 remind us that we're connected to a story mm-hmm. um, beyond our, our ourselves and but but it's not just you know the through the scriptures we we seek you know like this entire summer we've been in the in this preaching series about the the voices of of, of women mm-hmm. and and the witness of of women throughout you know, Christian history and the diversity of voices and who gets to tell those stories. And that mm-hmm. has not always been, uh, balanced mm-hmm. in, in a lot of, you know, uh, churches and contexts. 
Um, but I think it extends to the, the practices that we, we take part in, in prayer and contemplation. And, mm-hmm. you, and you've been such an instrumental part in bringing those to our yeah. community. I would love for you to share a bit more about that. Yeah, that's like, I, I remember a moment when I was in college, I took a class called Spiritual Practices. And it was the first time that I ever learned, like, there are more ways to get to know God than pray, read your Bible, do devotions. And while those are all important and I think necessary to some extent of our walk with God, I love that there are so many other ways, like seeking beauty, getting in creation, that's one way of seeking God. Another way, we have a, a group that meets on Tuesday nights on Zoom since COVID. It's been happening for, I would say, like two and a half years now, which is kind of wild. But it's a, a community where we get to seek God in stillness and silence and go through practices of Lectio Divina, which is like reading a short passage of scripture again and again and again and asking God, like, what do you have for me here? Like, what word is standing out to me here? Well, God, what's your invitation to me in this? And I think that's really meaningful. Visio Divina, engaging with art and saying, what like where is god in this in this um painting or image where where am i in here like how is god meeting me and speaking to me through looking at art um i another place in houston that i really love is the rua center Um, that's a place that we've been able to partner with for our staff to provide space to care um, and spend time with God for extended periods of time, but also to invite our community into spending a day of silence and prayer and figuring out like, okay, let me walk this beautiful ground that's hidden in the middle of Houston and engage with um, a walking path on the ground, a labyrinth of just walking with God in the grass or um, doing art and figuring out like, let me put this puzzle together. And like, how is God speaking to me through putting these pieces together? Maybe something in our mind or body sparks. And so I feel like I could talk about this one forever, (laughs) but I just love that there's so many, so many different ways that we get to learn who God is, God, a whole Trinity. And that Ecclesi is a place that we can explore all of those different ways together and teach each other new ways Mm -hmm. of, Hey, this is how I connect with God. Wow. I've never encountered that before. Can you show me like, how do, how do you connect with God? And that that's a place that's a part of our storytelling and inviting people. Yeah. So you, so so. you know, I love the Ruar Center as well. I always love watching other people when we, we get to make those invitations to these kind of silent retreats. Cause you can tell that the people (laughs) that immediately just tense up that like this, this sounds like an absolute nightmare to to be brought into like, you know, a couple hours, let alone a day of of full um, silence. But you know, what, what you realize really quickly in that space is, or what I realized really quickly in that space is, is just how, you know, not only noisy the, the, the world, mm-hmm. you know, writ large is ar- around me at most points. Um, but just how noisy my mm-hmm. head is at mm-hmm. most points, it takes me several hours to, um, to even get in a place of, of, uh, attentiveness and, and receptivity. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of link, uh, liken it to like that radio dial. You're trying to like, you know, this, this rhythm of seeking God, it doesn't look mm-hmm. the same for everyone. I think all of us have, you know, the, 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 the practices that make the most sense to us or mm-hmm. have been kind of ingrained in our faith because of how we've been, um, raised and, and, 
into the faith, but it's all about kind of find like tuning into that frequency Mm. of how can I just be present in this space? I can't Mm. control the past. I can't control the future. You know, God, how can I be with you now? Mm. Because I know that you're with me Mm. now. Mm. Right. Um, so I think with that, let's, yeah, not, not, not a cleaner segue. We've done better on the others. Well, I feel like you talked a lot in each of these about like these rhythms bring you outside of yourself, of mm-hmm. decentering yourself. While self is important and it's vital to have a sense of self, but being able to decenter that and even center like the wider community or specific people within like our church community, our local Houston community, our like global community, this last rhythm of serving others. How do you see that decentering of self being a part of serving others? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, um, yeah, last night, and and I could be wrong. Um, I actually just like preface most things I say with <laughs> I could be wrong. It's um, a good way to start. Yeah, uh, that that you know we've come out of these these you know coming on three years of COVID pandemic and, and just observationally, you know what I've I've kind of witness what I've heard from others. I think what we, you know, if we're to be honest, are seeing in like some of our like volunteer teams right now, like there's, mm-hmm. there's an attrition mm-hmm. right now that we're continuing to, to battle. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to wager that there's a, there's a sense of this, these years, this, this collective trauma that we've gone through, mm-hmm. it's, it's made us, hyperly aware of the preciousness of time, mm. like the, the time that we have. And I, and I think that the, the, te- the temptation and what can happen for a lot of people is that if, if all of a sudden I, I, I think that the, like the time I have is precious, the resources I have are precious. I, I need to be all the more judicious about how mm. I, I share that time, share those resources, you know, give, give away that time, give away those those resources and in, you know, the, the serving others, I think it, for me, it's an antidote against this, um, this posture of scarcity. Mm. And and instead, you know, we, we are a people of, of gratitude and we are a people of abundance Mm. and, and, you know, from that sense of uh, abundance, how could we not, but, but share that, um, with, with joy and generosity, uh, towards others. And, and so I love, and that's, you know, I, I've been a part of the community now for, you know, I've been on staff for, for nine years. I've been a part of the community mm. for 16, you know, mm. almost. And, and it's been that element of things that from, from the beginning, um, was so, uh, instrumental in, in me really, I mean, truly believing that, the, that this is a place that's, that's living out. That it's mm-hmm. not just saying these things, that, that these things matter, but it actually is bearing out in the life of the church and how we, we serve not only the, you know, unhoused, uh, you know, community and, and our friends in, in Nostoy, uh, and not only how we're, we're serving with other missional partners, um, but we're serving, you know, literally around the world with, mm-hmm. uh, in areas of, of, of deep need. And it's, but it's not either or, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of these layers of, of relationship we're called to, to live toward. Um, 
Yeah. And I think the, one of the, the things that sticks out in all of those examples that you gave is the, the staying power of being in a particular place mm -hmm. in community or partnership for years. And, um, that even though I think we're a community that really values like justice and serving others and seeking to figure out how can we meet needs in really tangible ways, um, that this is also a community that's like, we're not going to do that this weekend and then leave. Like there's so many different partners around the world. And even in Houston that we're like, we're going to be with you for as long as it needs to be. Um, I think of the, the no Stoy community and how Manny just week in, week out, every single week for years and years has been, there's, there's a meal on Sunday and there's a barbecue every third Saturday, like that will be here. Um, and I think that even brings to mind, I think during the past couple of years that there was a time where a lot of some services shut down around the city just because of the nature of what was going on globally. But there are ways that we still tried to figure out how can we continue to stay with some of these relationships where others may be pulling back. And I think, I feel like it's the, the fruit of the spirit in one particular translation, the, the word is like long suffering. And I don't like that word because mm -hmm. it says suffering in it. <laughs> but I think what the beauty of that is being able to stick through in serving and caring for others in a way that is long-term. And yeah, I think that's challenging, but it's also a really beautiful part of being outside of ourselves is being able to serve people again and again. Yeah. So, and I think in all of this, yeah, we, we we've said a lot of, of words but <laughs> at, at the, you know, to, to summarize, you know, the, these rhythms are, are things that we participate in the, these, um, the, these active guiding principles that, that ultimately allow us quite simply to be the church, you know, mm -hmm. everything that we're talking about, you know, you, you look at, at, you know, what, what's talked about in, in Acts four, the, these, these first Christians, you know, what, what do they do? They, they, they met together, they, they broke bread, uh, they in, engaged in the, the scriptures, but, the, but most importantly, they, they made sure that, that none went without, they mm -hmm. held, their 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 lives, their resources, their their time and energy, all in in kind for the sake of of the community. Uh, you know, all this profession that that we are um, we are not alone in in this story. And how wonderful a truth that is is that we don't have to be uh, alone. That, that God is with us. We are with one another. That we're you know we're walking this messy path. We're sojourning and trying to figure out this this life and care for, for one another and, and, and this community, this city, and this world uh, the best we can as we're seeking Jesus' guidance. Yeah. So be real, be kind, be hospitable. Seek beauty, seek God, serve others. Yeah, those are our rhythms. This has been wonderful. It's great. Thanks, Alexander. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> right. And thank you, Ecclesia, uh, for those listening, taking part. Um, again, if you have any questions, you know, I can say visit the website, but really, like, come and find us. We're around, mm -hmm. and we love you. <laughs>